excited to be here today with John S. Rennie. I think I got the full name right. Uh, uh, we don't have to have serial numbers, even though uh, we were both in the military and you took the deep dive under the water. I was on top of the land in a, in a, in a tank <laughs> for most of my at least reserve duty. So congratulations on being both a military person and entrepreneur now. You're running a business in North Carolina. Uh, would you call it a manufacturing business or a production? Is, yeah, we have a, yeah, we have a manufacturing uh, factory here in Wilson, North Carolina, yes. Yes, and so that's really exciting. But we're here today to talk in May 2020. We're going to date this a little bit. And we're talking about a new business environment, how leaders can respond to these challenges of COVID. If anyone remembers this, if you're listening in the future, I think we will remember this time. And I'm just going to jump right in, John, because as a former submarine officer, as a, a person who's written a book called I Have the Watch, I know you have a lot of opinions about not only how you're running your company, but you're an observer of, an interviewer of, in your own podcasts of leaders all over the country. What's your perspective on this time? So, yeah, it's a very interesting time. And I think, um, you know, the, the world has changed as we know it. So, in fact, with this, you know, global pandemic that we saw, the way we do work, just about everybody was affected by that. The way we do work changed, whether it's uh, teachers trying to teach from home, whether it's restaurants trying to do curbside and delivery business, whether it's, um, you know, people doing Zoom meetings and working from home, everything has changed. And what's what happens in situations like that is that our employees, uh, everyone is outside their comfort zone. And so we all deal with change differently and we're all dealing with some level of stress just because we're all outside our comfort zone. And at this point at time when everybody's outside their comfort zone, it's really a time for leaders to step up and provide guidance and provide, you know, I say sometimes that leaders need to be that lighthouse in the storm where people can see where to go and uh, to be guided safely through these uncertain waters. What are some of the, if you are a leader of a company that's maybe been pushed away from your people, you're not so much on the manufacturing floor or the production facility, you can't go visit uh, remote places, you do still have a job, you are a leader. What are some of the things that leaders are doing right right now? And what are some of the things where you're starting to see the real leadership come out and it's not where it needs to be? What are some of the characteristics on both sides of the equation, John? Yeah, so, you know, I, I always talk about the fact that leaders, leaders need to be present. They need to be there for their people. And, and now, especially during a time of crisis, they, this, need, this is more important than ever, right? They, we need to be present. And what does present look like? Well, I've seen what's working, and that's uh, leaders that are having one-on-one -on -one phone calls, uh, Zoom calls, or, or, or FaceTime, or what have you, but face-to-face, but -face, even virtually, so they're able to see their employees, make sure they have what they need, Make sure that they understand what the what the mission is and 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 what the strategy is for you know operating in this new environment. But they're having a regular touch point, weekly or daily, but they're some sort of a regular touch point. What I've seen going wrong with a lot of leaders is that they've they've treated this almost as business as usual. Um, they're still sending out these very long emails, flowery emails. There uh, or in some cases. Uh, in one particular case, uh, I know of a, a leader that just has gone gone dark. It's completely absent during this time. So in a time when their people need them the most, they have just disappeared off the radar screen. And that's just 
it's tragic and, and it's unfortunate because when this is when the time when leaders need to step up and be there. So I think the time I say the time for long emails is over. The time for face to face communications, being present is 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 what we need to be doing right now. Well, and you come from this perspective being a nuclear submarine during the Cold War officer. It's hard to not be present on a submarine. So, of course, John <laughs> Rennie would say that. But what are yes. a couple of lessons you might refer back to when you had to be around people, even in many crises or crises that you had there? And then, well, I want to ask you about that first. Go back a little bit to give us a per- perspective. So I think maybe some of my foundations in leadership came from my days on the submarine and the idea, the concept of being around people and knowing knowing people that you work for came from that environment. So if you think about it, a, a submarine, we're out to sea. It, in, in our case, we'd be 80 to 90 days out at sea. And you were in high quarters with the people that you worked for and that you work, that people that worked for you. So you were um, on stage 24-7. And, and again, it's a 24-7 environment. We were operating around the clock. And so you had to be a leader 24-7. You had to be present 24-7. And what was great about the, the being close together and, and spending long hours on watch is we really got to know the people that work for us really well. So we knew we knew about their wife and their kids and and their their dreams and aspirations. And so you know, we we were able to, or I was able to lead my people effectively because I knew what made them tick. I knew what what motivated them. And I think sometimes we miss that in corporate life. We, you know, we get promoted. Maybe we're an individual contributor. We get promoted to a manager and we go back to our comfort zone. Our comfort zone is doing the, you know, the the work that we did when we were an individual contributor. We forget the fact that we have people that are waiting for us to guide them and train them and show them. And so we're, we have so many absent leaders today in, 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 in um, managers in corporate America, mostly because they're doing and they're not leading. And so I think being on a submarine taught me how to be present and lead and be around the people I led 24-7. I were at the point where I knew them very well and they knew me very well. Well, having been working with you during a time of transition, which was a, a joy for me. I get to work with these interesting and, and talented people, you know, in my coaching career, having done that uh, a number of years ago with you, it was, it was interesting to see the transition because you had what a lot of people would say is a very successful corporate life going mm-hmm. and you enjoyed lots of parts of that, but what motivated you to maybe build your own enterprise and be even be more under the gun or even more have that flashlight on you uh, 24-7. What motivated you to do that? Part of it was you enjoyed many parts of your roles, I remember, but there was also a frustration that you couldn't do more sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think, you know, I, I would say I, I, was, I was so glad that I came out of the military and went work for, I worked for three different global companies over those years, and I spent 22 years in corporate America. And it is a great place for training young people to be leaders. And so, you know, I like to say that I got uh, I got an education, a, a, a deep education on someone else's dime. Right? They they taught me how to lead, and they gave me responsibility. I was a man. I I ran my first manufacturing plant at just 32 years old. Right? So those opportunities don't come around 
uh, as an entrepreneur very often, right? So, so corporate America is a great place to learn these things. But I think at some point, for me at least, is that um, I, I think the fact that we've, we've, we, we, all the companies I work for, we moved away from, from focusing on people. And it was always about the results and the numbers. And, and we, we lost sight on the fact that the people are the ones that make the numbers. People's are the, people are the ones that bring the results. And, um, and so I always felt like I wish I could do more with, with my leadership uh, responsibilities. In my time in corporate America, I ran eight different manufacturing plants. And I did my best to impart my leadership style, but you're limited by the rules, you know, in, in corporate living. And, and you know, the, there's certain things you can and can't do, and that's fine, and you understand that. But it really, there was a, I really felt strongly that I, that I wanted to do something outside of corporate life and do it on my own and do it on my own terms and lead the way I want to lead and run a business the way I think it should be run. And so... Yeah, I mean, being becoming an entrepreneur, leading my own business, you get to do it. It's it's all yours. It's one hundred percent yours. Uh, good, good and bad, bad, right? Yeah, it's good and bad. I mean, you you know, you start with zero and you build something up, and you know, and it's funny. Um, the greatest feeling I've had is is lately. I uh, just talking with customers when I I what I do in my business is thirty days after every order, I follow up. How did it go? You know, what could we do better? Um, mm. And when I hear people say that you guys are a different kind of supplier, I really like doing business with you. I, I get I get lit up because that's why we started the company is to be a different kind of supplier, not to be that um, kind of that corporate entity that's uh, you know kind of a cookie cutter, uh, you know, give you answers. We're, we're we're taking care of our customers, providing a lot of personal service to the customer, and they notice it. So when you're accomplishing your goal as an organization five years after you form your company, you get excited because you've, you're accomplishing the things that you wanted to do when you set out on the journey of becoming an entrepreneur. That's awesome. Creating that creating a company that, that's all yours, you know, and your personality's on it. If someone's at home, that's great, John. If someone's at home going, I'm listening to this, I'm in between opportunities, I want to bring some of that. I think you're talking about that real esprit de corps when you talk to, you know, yeah. military leaders and other leaders it's just having that light, that mentality. We're in it together. We're in it for our stakeholders. We're in it to serve, not just to gain for us. And I know you have that mentality because I've worked with you. But what if someone's sitting at home saying, I want more of that in my corporate career. I'm not going to necessarily start a business like John has. But can I get that? Can I become that leader still in corporate America? You, the answer is yes. I believe you, even though you opted to move on. Is it, yeah. can you still be a great leader? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can, you can build your team and build your organization and build your, you know, what you're responsible for in the best way possible. Obviously, when you're in corporate life, you have certain constraints, things you can and can't do. Like, for example, you know, prom promotions and or pay raises and things. Those, those what I found, it's funny, the, the longer I was in corporate America, the less uh, authority I had. They kept kind of taking away authority. And uh, that, but, but I still, even with a limited amount of authority, you can still lead well. You can still, you know, be present and spend time with your people, get to know them and, and understand how they tick and, and make sure that you give them the opportunities to, to advance and give them uh, opportunities to lead if they have that in their, in their, you know, system. But the point is, is that, yeah, you can do a tremendous amount, even in a corporate world. 
to run your department, your whatever you're running to run it as effectively as possible in, in your own personality. And I think I always tried to do that as best I could. Um, I just think that many of the tools that I could do or use to reward or or to support people were kind of taken away more and more, it seemed like, over the years. Talk for a moment about building your personal brand, what that's done for you. We started working on that. I just, yeah. you know, you started coming alive in that area. How has that kind of freed you to, to have your own voice? I mean, you never lacked in confidence, but it was interesting to see that transformation occur in you where you felt like, hey, I've got something to say and, and, and yeah. I'm going to say it. Uh, talk about that part that's been valuable for you. And maybe even if they don't publish a book or host a podcast like you do or run a company, how can that be a valid, valuable to, be, to really anyone? Yeah, I think two areas, um, you know, I came when, when I first met, I was coming after 20 years in corporate life and found myself looking for a new opportunity. And, um, and I realized that there were two things that I was probably sorely lacking. And one was, you know, keeping my network fresh, right? The people mm-hmm. that I, that I knew and I was staying connected with, uh, that was one that I struggled, that I didn't keep up, that I should have kept up. And the other one was building a personal brand. I didn't have a personal brand. I was, I was a cog in the corporate wheel. I, you know, I was probably a big cog wheel, right? A big wheel, but I was just a cog, right? I had, I was running manufacturing plants and I was busy doing my day job, right? And so I wasn't thinking about who I was, you know, and having a personal brand. I've heard stuff about that, but, you know, I didn't have to worry about that. I was in a corporate job. I was fine. I think, you know, you never know what's going to happen when, you know, you know, you think that you're, you've got a great job and you're going to be there forever. And then one thing happens, like a COVID crisis. The next thing you know, you find yourself out of work. And what have you done to build and maintain your network of you know, people that you know? And then what have you done to build a personal brand? Even just having a website that's your name and that you have things, ideas that you're thinking about or accomplishments that you have, just having that basic thing or having a social media presence that isn't about um, arguing about politics or, or right. what have you, right? I mean, you know, I mean, so I think it's, it was really... What I found working through you is that I really needed to think about those kind of things. When someone goes on Google and they searches me, right, my name, John Rennie, what are they going to find? Are they going to find me debating politics or are they going to see, oh, wow, this guy writes about leadership. This guy knows about, a lot about leaders, leadership. Look at his LinkedIn profile. Wow, it's up to date. He's got great stuff here. Oh, look how all these people that he's connected to. So, you know, I really encourage people, if, you, if you're not working on your personal brand or if you think you don't need to, I think you really need to rethink. You have to work on your personal brand. You have to make sure that, you know, you have a, you know, a social media presence that's, a, you know, equal to what you want to do in your life and not, um, you know, just stay out of the gutter, I guess. A lot of things. Cause every, everything's going to be, you're going to find out everything on Google. So <laughs> when someone's well, looking to, hire, I'm sure it's hard for a lot of people in an election year to kind of feel like they've got to keep quiet, but I've always, I've asked folks, you know, as, is part of your brand being someone who comments on politics? Because I guess if that's part of your brand, you know, mm-hmm. okay. But it, it certainly has a lot of tripwires or, or what would you say uh, in a submarine, if you're coming toward waters that could be uh, very dangerous, give, give me, give me a few words or phrases from your, from that world. Not, oh, not a minefield, 
Yeah. You call it that in the when you're traveling toward that in the sub. I got to go reference your book and see if you talked about. It. <laughs> no, I mean, but you come, yeah. I mean, shallow water, right? I mean, you're 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 sounding. It would take uh, soundings, and when those soundings Thank got you. smaller and smaller, you would get uh, a little more nervous, right? So your bottom depth is a kind of a, something you worry about. And uh, there's such thing as uh, uncharted uh, underwater mountains that you can run into. So yeah. Oh, we could go. We could go there for a while. That's good <laughs> stuff. I mean, I'm just feeling like I feel like one of the people on your sub right now. I, I have to ask you because I've always wanted to ask you what in the heck would make someone want to get on a submarine and go out into the sea? How could how did you possibly know that you wanted to do that? Or was is, is that something you thought of as a kid? I'm just changing gears on you just for a second. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I've ever asked. Oh. You. No, it's a good question. And and actually, it was early on. Yeah, I think. Um, so I grew up, you know, uh, Cold War was was big. Uh, this cat and mouse game going on with uh, the Soviets in, in the U.S. Um, Hunt for I Red just, October. Pers- yeah, this is even bef- yeah, so Hunt for Red October. This is even before that time. But yeah. um, I was fascinated by the the, the idea of submarine. Uh, I had done a a, a lot of research on them. I just couldn't stop thinking about it. It's one of those things that, you know, like jet pilots, guys that want to be a fighter pilot, they know that from eight years old on, right? Yeah, I've got, you've got fighter pilots uh, or fighters uh, behind you. Um, but you know that early on. It was the same thing with me in junior high school. Even before I was in high school, I, I was fascinated. I wanted to be on a submarine. I was always researching, studying, trying to figure out how could a I grew up in New Hampshire. How can a kid from New Hampshire end up on a nuclear submarine someday? And uh, and and I you know and I achieved my goal, but it was a long time coming. It was four years of, of high school where I had to have a certain amount of grades. I had to get into engineering school, um, and then from engineering school you had to get accepted in the nuclear power program. And then it was a year and a half of training after that. Each time people were washing out, so it took me. There was so much work to get there. But I can tell you that it was a dream come true. When I was, you know, on the bridge of that submarine out at sea, I had achieved every dream I had. And that <laughs> just was a dream and a desire. It wasn't something that uh, was forced upon me. It was something I, it was a dream of mine. Now you have it. This is good stuff. <laughs> we know where you, that creative, uh, crazy mind of yours comes from. And it's, it's right. from early age. Well, that's not a desire of everyone, but I admire you for it. I, I need a little more open air than that, but that's, that's incredible. <laughs> Turning back to today, what's your message to perhaps, you know, veterans of all stripes, you know, and the, the either coming out of the military or, or hiring veterans? What's been your experience there? And maybe what's your message to, to veterans as we start to wind down here? So, yeah, when I'm looking to, to hire people, so one of the most important things I look for is um, what uh, Angela Duckworth calls grit. I'm looking for people that have uh, passion and perseverance. And when I hire veterans, I almost always find that. So they have a high, high level of passion for what they're doing, and they have a, a high level of perseverance. They can, get, they can get through anything. And, you know, I look at it's funny because I've been looking, uh, talking to a lot of veterans through this COVID crisis, and you know, the, there's a little bit of a smile in their face. It's like, yeah, I've been through worse, right? Or I've, you know, this is nothing compared to X, Y, or Z, right? I hear stories like that all the time. Well, we're, so we're, I think there's a way that you're 
in a way, they, you don't enjoy necessarily some of the great people that I've worked with in the military that you don't necessarily enjoy or want to have a battle, but you're prepared and you understand that this is where you can be tested and you can also shine in these tough times. I didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought, but it just- Yeah, no, but that's, ex that's exactly right. So you've been tested, you've been tried, you, you've gone through um, this crucible, as some people call it, right? So the point where you've been- You've been tried, and um, so you have a little bit of um, feeling like you can overcome anything that comes your way. And so, so for number one is is that I like to hire veterans for that reason. And so, if you're a hiring manager and you're thinking about should I hire a veteran, I would say absolutely because my experience has been that they are the guys that show up on time. They're giving you 110 percent. They uh, can gut through tough times uh, very. And they're, and they're very flexible and adaptable to changes in, you know, if we've got to shift our strategy slightly because of, you know, we're, we're doing online, you know, we're doing online teaching now. Okay, show me how that, how that works. And they're off to the race, right? So they're adaptable, they're flexible, and they have a strong level of um, drive and perseverance that I think make them an exceptional employee. So, you know, if you're a hiring manager, I would say look to veterans as a good resource or someone that's been tried and tested. And when we say guys, we mean all genders out there when we're talking about veterans, because since you've been out of the military, since I've been out, there's been a real inclusionary feel to, there's been a lot of people who are uh, now battle tested in a way, whether they've been in battle or not, who've gone through the more of the frontline stuff that you and I, well, you saw more than me, but, uh, you know, I, I just think that's pretty amazing society that those people are willing to come back and serve again. And they have that servant attitude when they come into your business. Yeah, absolutely. They really do. And like you said, they come in all uh, shapes and sizes. And, you know, we, I interview on my podcast, the first female, one of the, one of the first female uh, submarine officers. And, you know, when I came through, it was all men that were on submarines. Right. And she was one of the early groups of women. And what a remarkable young lady she was and her leadership style but she had it. She had it down, and uh, it's pretty exciting to see that um, you know that the, that the, the Navy is still developing great leaders even today. You know, even among some of the bad stories you see or what have you, but sure. there are still great leaders coming out of the military and going in the military. And it's really good to see that. Well, let's let's wind down with just a couple more questions. If you're sitting here and you feel like this is a time of anxiety, what should you are just you're great at talking about what you, maybe how did how do a, how should a leader channel their energy if they've got a job to go to? What should their outlook be other than, of course, reading and studying your book? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I think it's a time for us to you know we're, we're if you're a leader, you're you're a person of action, right? You're you're getting things done on a regular basis, and when when the world changes, you've got to take that time, you've got to pause, you've got to slow down a little bit. And you got to take, you know, take in what's going on, what's happening in my industry, what's happening in my company, what's happening with my, right? Take all, take stock of everything that's going on, and really slow yourself down because we we tend to just jump on things and we react. I think it's really important to slow down. I think so. So taking that pause is important, but I think the next thing we've got to do is we've got to, you know, look for the pivot. So there are opportunities that open up in a crisis. So. You know, I was talking to someone the other day and, 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 you know, when you have a crisis like this, everything shifts, right? The whole landscape 
your whole competitive landscape shifts and there's going to be winners and the losers in there. So in my mind, I say there's opportunity there. So the question is, how can you take advantage or how can you position your company to, or your organization or your group to, uh, to, to be successful during this time? You know, I don't just survive. How do you thrive in this time? And, 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 and so I've seen companies making that pivot and doing it well. And it's exciting to see that, you know, um, I was just given some training the other week and I talked about life is good, you know, the t-shirt company and, you know, they're, they, they have a mission, which is to spread a message of uh, positivity and they made a shift, a pivot, and uh, they're still staying on their mission of a positive message. Now all their t-shirts and signs are about the quarantine life and, and uh, they've, but they've kept it lighter and, and, uh, and, and spreading a positive message, even in the midst of a chaos. And we have another uh, business leader, uh, uh, Philip Freeman here in Raleigh that, you know, manufacturers, um, he has a company that does all natural bug repellent. And uh, he was able to shift and pivot his company to produce hand sanitizer. Just, he started off just for the people around Raleigh, people that he knew, and eventually the U.S. Navy said, hey, we need hand sanitizers. So now he's manufacturing hand sanitizers for the, for the, for the fleet. And um, pretty exciting to see, you know, but, but what's interesting is his mission is to, to produce all natural products uh, for outdoor living. And uh, he, his, his hand sanitizers are 99.99% natural. So he's kept, you know, kept on mission but made that pivot. But I think we've got to make a pivot, but we've got to be consistent with well, who we are as a company, who we are as leaders, who we are as people. And so the, peop the companies that are doing that, the people that are doing that, I think are going to find success even in these, these tough times. So I think the only other thing I would say is that, you know, make sure that you're there for your people, like we discussed when you started off. Like, you know, position yourself as a crisis leader means to, you know, get out there and make sure you're spending time even if it's remotely with your employees, making sure they have what they need, that they're, you know, that they're, they know they're cared for during this tough time. So you do those things. And, you know, I think one of the other things probably is take care of yourself. Make sure that you're, you know, taking care of your own self personally so that you can be in the fight longer. So, and that's just, you know, eating right and staying healthy and, you know, unplugging from the news. <laughs> So the that, constant news cycle, all the bad news. So. Oh, gosh, it's just nothing but, it seems, with a few positive stories that we want to plow on to. So let me just ask for this. I really think that I have to watch should be a must-read for leaders and also people in the HR, the people-oriented folks. I think it's a really good guide. A lot of passion that comes out of this. I know burnt from true experience, burned into your brain, and and, and you wanted to have something to say, and you want it to matter, not just your company, but others. What's new and next for John? And we'll wrap up with that. And I, I hear rumors there may be another book coming soon. Uh, tell <laughs> us about that, and we'll close with your words. Sure, yeah. So we uh, we put out the uh, first book last year, I Have the Watch, as you mentioned, and uh, we're following up with a book this year called All in the Same Boat. And um, this goes back to, to really 10 lessons, 10 foundational lessons I learned being in the Navy. And, the, you know, as you can imagine, all in the same boat means this, is that we're in it together, right? It doesn't matter if you're the captain or you're, you're a seaman recruit that just showed up to the submarine. You are in it together. You are 90 days out at sea. Nobody leaves. When we run out of food, you get, you know, we run out of fresh vegetables. You're going to get, you know, stuff out of a can. 
when we run out of milk, you're going to get powdered milk like everybody else. We, we, we work together. We suffer together. We, we had victory together. And All in the Same Boat is a, is a book about those 10 foundational lessons I learned by leading on a submarine. So I'm really excited to get that out this year. And how do people connect with John Rennie and your company? Sure, you can connect with me. I have my website is uh, johnsrenny.com. It's John without an H, johnsrenny.com. And uh, if you want the book, it's ihavethewatch.com. My uh, podcast is uh, deepleadershippodcast.com. And the company I run and I'm the CEO and co-founder of is peakdemand.com. And we're a supplier to the electric utility. John S. Rennie, thank you for being here for us and being present. We appreciate it. You're, you're living your message, and I want you to continue to do that as, as we'll continue to learn from, from what you've taught us and are teaching us, and I hope to dialogue with you. Okay, thanks, John. It's been great to be on here with you.